Lauren does join me. Hello there, sir. Hello. How are you? Man, we got a lot to talk about. There's oh so many compelling court issues uh, in the news. So I'll start with, I'm going to start with the Michael Rafferty issue. Um, okay. Because there's a, a big local, of course, feel to it. Michael Rafferty, if you haven't heard yet, uh, moved to a medium security fi- uh, facility in Montreal just six years into his life sentence. And this is a facility said to deal with sex offenders. But I think a lot of people um, are wondering, Lauren, why medium? Why so early in his sentence? And here's what here's what uh, the Ralph Goodale was asked today. You know, but why why it was why it is again that Mr. Stafford was not in the know? Here's what he said. I'm not going to get into a debate with a grieving father, uh, but what I can tell you is that, uh, that um, uh, the Correctional Service of Canada is examining uh, every step in this process to determine if there were any errors or mistakes. So he doesn't answer the question. He's completely tone deaf because he doesn't want to debate a grieving father, but there was a mistake made, and that is, again the family was left out of the loop. Yeah, but you know what? I, and and I think um, emotionally that's true, but but legally they don't have to be in the loop about about where a prisoner is um, is going to do his or her time. And in fact, it's not a political decision. It it shouldn't be. Uh, but the, he asked specifically, Corrections Canada, do I need to know anything about Michael Rafferty? And they said no. And then a month later, two weeks later, he's finding out the guy was moved months ago. Yeah. And so what happens, you know, it's even where judges, you know, sometimes um, uh, at the end of a case, lawyers will ask judges if they can recommend that their clients serve in a minimum or a medium. And and judges will say, and rightfully so, look, I can make a recommendation, but it's called classification. And offenders are classified. That's the expertise that supposedly Corrections Canada has, or if it's in the provincial system in Ontario. And they make those decisions. Now, you say to yourself, well, should every grieving family uh, be told when Corrections Canada decides to make their classification decisions? Because they look at it, somebody, somebody goes in and then they're put into a, um, a mac, they're classified as maximum security when they first go into prison. That doesn't mean they're going to be there for all 25 years of their life just because they committed. And it doesn't mean that they, it, it's not like parole. It's not, this is, this deals with, with risk. That's what it is. It deals with risk. Corrections Canada, when they determine classification, they don't go by punitive. They don't say, oh, that was a really bad crime. So we're going to keep you here in maximum security. So it's understandable. It's understandable that the family would want to know anything and everything that's happening, but when push comes to shove, Alex, they really don't have that, quote, right to know, and and in fact, the federal government shouldn't shouldn't be involved either. No, I get that, but I mean, given the 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 high um, you know profile of these cases, they knew that they were they were under under the scope, and frankly, Lauren, I got to be honest, this this move, and I saw the corrections Canada statement saying, well, you know, when we're trying to rehabilitate somebody, this is a step we take. He shouldn't be anywhere near the rehabilitation phase, not for at least the next 60 years, well, and then some. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I know you'll disagree I with me. I, no, no <laughs> I mean, you can make that argument, I, and I, I understand it. I, You know, what we do is we give these people who uh, who work in Corrections Canada, uh, we give them the, the, the job, we, we work under the assumption that they are the experts in classifying and determining when to move people and when not to move people. And, and frankly, we don't want, I, I, I don't think we want to be involved 
involved in that process uh, at the end of the day. I don't think the public and, uh, should have a say, in, you know, because we don't have the facts. And, and it's the same thing, by the way, Alex, when we deal with parole hearings. Um, you know, we're, we're hoping, sometimes we, we, we get a little surprised, but we're hoping that, that the parole board has all the facts in front of it when it makes its decision as to whether or not somebody's going to be granted parole. So I understand. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I, I understand when, when families want to know these things and they feel they, they have the right to know them and they, they, want to, they, they want to be kept up to date about it. Um, and, and I don't know whether or not Corrections Canada actually has that responsibility. Certainly, they, I'm sure nothing would hurt if they, if they did that, but I don't think uh, that it's something that uh, we say, well, geez, they, they breached some sort of you know, rule here or they didn't care. I, I don't think we can go that far. I think I can. I think there's an idiot rule, and I think they broke it. Okay. That's just me. Uh, Let's talk about the other headline that will make heads explode, and that is on Thursday, Omar Khadr will head into a courtroom. (laughs) Now we'll be be on the same page on this. Yeah. And he's going to try to get not only his passport back so he can uh, go off and do a pilgrimage to uh, Hajj, which I'd say go and just don't come back, just get lost, or or he wants, you know, privileges to talk to his terrorist sister. Like, what the hell? Well, and... I'll tell you what really bothers me about Omar Khan and that Everything? situation. And that, that we, we, we go back, we go back a year when the government gave him $10.5 million to settle the lawsuit that he had brought against the government mm-hmm. because they came out and said, well, you know, had the, if this went to court, legal fees and everything, and they, it was a pragmatic decision. And that's what bothers me to this day. And, I, and, I, and, and to begin with, I don't believe that had the government ever fought that lawsuit, Omar Cotter would have even had a remote chance to win it. Mm-hmm. He brought claims, Alex, that would have presented, to, to, to say it uh, mildly, a steep uphill battle. The main claim was for civil conspiracy. He was, he was, go- he, he was claiming in his claim that the Canadian government conspired with the U.S. government <laughs> to torture him and keep him shackled. Now, it's, it's an interesting allegation. But where was that evidence ever going to come from? And then also there was a public misfeasance claim, very, very difficult claim to ever prove. And then, and then a negligence claim that probably had no legs at all. That's what really was bothering me about it. And then every time he comes into the news, mm-hmm. it reminds me about that, that the government did have an excellent defense in that claim. And that's the thing that bothered me back then and bothers me today. Right, because there is no way in hell he should have gotten that check but there's no way in hell he should be given any uh courtesy of 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 talking to that cretin uh that osama bin laden cretin that he's related to um but he doesn't he doesn't and shouldn't have the right to his passport frankly unless it's one way well yeah but they that's that's part of the problem now now that everything uh what he, he got settled everything was here he's he now has the rights, and he wants to start to exercise them. And uh, and I guess that's uh, that's his right to do. And uh, and and somebody, you know, for those of us who look at at different parts of it, you know, the people who will say, look, there's not one shred of evidence about what happened uh, during that gunfight way way back when, etc., etc., etc. I understand, and 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 people talk about that, but it's the legal principles that were applied that that more important to me were not applied way back over a year ago when he he had that settlement with the government. That's the thing that keeps bothering 
bothering me when I think about this case. Well, and there's also Sergeant Christopher Spear, you know, and the fact that he's got two kids and a wife, uh, a widow, uh, right. who still can't even sue him and has gone, you know, beyond, and literally he's forgotten about. So that that's what bothers me. Yep. There's so yeah, many there's things There's a lot of layers me. to this. Yeah. Thing. There's no doubt. Uh, by the way, should we make a wager now that he'll get it? Um, he probably will. Of course he will. Yep. Just like uh, I shouldn't have been surprised that the, you know, uh, woman Meng Wanzhou got bail. I, I, she shouldn't have. But here's a case well, that again, has I such don't huge, agree with you I know that, you but. won't, but, but that's what makes you the lawyer and me um, the person with the big mouth. But I think a lot of people <laughs> will agree, maybe. This is a this is a woman's a flight risk. This is a woman embroiled in a humongous international campaign. Um, well, the allegations are as serious as they can get. However, her bail is ten million dollars. So what? Five She's guarantors. A billionaire. Um, she, you know, I mean, it's 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 not it's not simply a yeah. We'll see you soon. She reports to a bail supervisor. She lives at a house owned by her husband. She has to stay in that house between eleven p.m. and six a.m. Mm. Can't leave the province. Has to. Oh, uh, are you telling me that there's not going to be a uh, a, a, a secret chopper uh, take. I, I guarantee you she's oh. gone in, a, in less than a week. You think this is like a, you know, uh, a Tom Cruise movie coming up here? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't think so. Now, oh, I, do. now I can tell you one thing. You know, for me, <laughs> well, you, you, I, I was in China for three weeks in October. Kathy and yeah. I were in China, and I just said Would to you go now? Said, I'm glad it was then <laughs> yeah. and not now. No kidding. Yeah, I mean it was uh yeah cuz obviously the, there was a what's the, there was a Canadian that's under arrest yes, there now. Yeah. And, and then nothing like he's not getting out. But let me ask you this. Yeah. I mean cuz I have to think that the lawyers got balls of steel to take this. Would you take this case? Would you like cuz if you screw up this bail hearing, you got the Chinese government very angry at but you. You don't you can't really pick your clients when you practice law and so if somebody <laughs> were to call me and say, hi, I'm the CEO and president of a multi-billion dollar company. And uh, if you screw this up, we'll kill you. But it, would you like the case? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I probably say this, this is pretty interesting. Sure. Yeah. Um, but remember, the next step, though, is is the extradition hearing. And that's uh, that's a whole other uh, that that's that's going to be a whole other hearing. There's a very specific it's a complex mm-hmm. process. And even if a judge finds that the legal test has been met and she should have been extradited, the Minister of Justice still has to make that, that determination. And then there's appeals. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is not going to be over very soon. No, and I don't know if you heard the latest with Trump saying, well, you know, if I have to uh, get involved and in, uh, interfere with this to get a good trade deal, I will, which I'm like, what are you talking about? Like the- you mean he said something crazy well i gotta be honest uh, wow that might be the first time well no i mean look he says a lot of colorful things but now that's colorful a little bit uh but the (laughs) implications for canada are enormous we're being kicked around right left and center on this thing and uh meanwhile i'll I'll put the wager now i say she's gone in two weeks within two weeks no i i you know what um what can we we can't really do this but we can we this will be a friendly wager okay yeah no a friendly wager is i i think you're wrong i think she i, I don't think wrong. she's going to i i think there's a lot of reasons why it would be a international disaster for for china if she flees i think that now it would also be out, an international disaster for canada if she flees cuz america will say both. you let oh, her out both. it'll <laughs> yeah. just be i don't think she'll do it 
I don't think she'll do it, and I think there's a lot of good reasons why she'll just stay and and let this thing play out because, as I said, she's far, far from being sent to the U.S. yet. So I think there's a lot that's going to happen between now and then, so I don't think she's going anywhere. Hope you're right on this one. I do, I do. All right, I got to go. Okay. Thank you, sir. Always. Please appreciate that's uh, Lauren Honickman uh, joining us here on Point. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.